Let us bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Eternal and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence here with us this morning. We give you thanks for your abundance love that surrounds us and holds us through the ups and downs of life. I ask you, O oh God, that as I seek to preach that we may hear the word you want us to hear this morning where we are on our journey of faith. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. This morning I'd like to just look a little closer at the Apostle Peter. Let me share with you what we know about Peter. He was born in a little village on the Sea of Galilee called Bethsaida. It's at the north end of the lake uh, where the River Jordan comes in. Uh, his father's name in Hebrew was Jonah. In Greek, is called John. When he was born, his parents gave him the name Simon. And the meaning in Hebrew was one who understands or one who obeys. So that, so that he was known as J uh, uh, Simon ben Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. He had one brother, at least, named Andrew. He was a fisherman. Sometime before he encountered Jesus, uh, he had moved down from the Seda to another coastline village called Capernaum. We know he had a house there. We know he was married. We don't know his wife's name. We don't know if she was alive when, Jesus, when Peter encountered uh, Jesus. We don't know if they had any children. We do know that uh, he, his mother-in-law lived with him. And we know that one time Jesus was, Peter, I mean Simon and Andrew were standing in the shallow water, according to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, casting their nets into the water, catching small fish. And Jesus walked by and said, come, follow me. I will make, learn you to fish, fish for people. And they left their nets and began to follow Jesus. And they walked down a little farther, and there was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They had been out fishing all night, and they were cleaning their nets. And Jesus said, come, follow me. And they left their nets, their boats, and followed Jesus. Of those four disciples, uh, James and John, sons of Zebedee, were given the nickname Sons of Thunder. Now, we don't know why he called them sons of thunder. There's always speculation, but scripture does not tell us. Andrew did not get a nickname. Simon got the nickname we call Rock. Now, in biblical days, they didn't speak Hebrew except at reading in the synagogue. Everyday language was Aramaic. And so in Aramaic, the word for rock is Cephas. In Greek, the name for rock is Peter. So you read scripture, you're going to find both times Peter referred to, sometimes, sometimes Peter, sometimes Cephas, both means rock. We have that famous passage of scripture where Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And, and as I thought about that, but who gives a person a name like rock? Rock. The only living person I know by that name is Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson got that nickname when he was a professional wrestler. When he was born, his parents didn't name him Rock, they called him Dwayne. And then, but see then, why he got that nickname? Because 
wrestlers get names that reflect what their culture, what their sport is about. So I looked, I don't follow professional wrestling, so I looked up some names of some other professional wrestlers. There's the Axe, there's the Beast, there's the Brute, uh, there's the Undertaker, uh, there's Hulk Hogan, there's a bunch of them, but all those names kind of reflect what their culture is about, their sport is about. So why would Jesus give Peter the name of Rock? Why would I keep calling Peter Simon the name Rock, Peter? Well, a cornerstone, you need a strong cornerstone for the foundation, and that's really important. But then I began to think of other attributes of a rock. He's dumb as a rock. A rock doesn't move. A rock doesn't change. A rock just lays there. Then I thought, what about some of the attributes of Jesus and what he wants the followers to look like? And well, the first thing that came to my mind is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbors yourself. Well, he loves like a rock. He's about as kind as a rock. Yeah, he has, uh, he has more compassion. Well, he doesn't have much compassion. He, he has the compassion of a rock. I mean, it doesn't, there's a disjoint there. And so I begin to think, I want to look more at what Scripture says about Peter as we go through this process, why he's called that rock. And, and so in the Gospel of Matthew, on chapter 4, he's walking by the seashore and calls him to follow. So if we move ahead to chapter 15, in chapter 15, we have uh, Jesus having a little confrontation with some, uh, uh, what do you call them, some religious leaders. And, and Jesus said, it's not what enters your mouth that contaminates you in the eyes of God, it's what comes out of your mouth that contaminates you. And he said, every tree that the Lord plants that does not plant will be pulled up. And he said, don't bother the Pharisees because uh, the blind are leading the blind. Then here's a quote, and then he, he turns to Peter, and Peter has a question. Here's what Peter's question is. Then Peter spoke up and said, explain this riddle to us. And Jesus said, don't you understand yet? He's been following Jesus for all these, for those chapters. And it's almost like there's a sense of exasperation in Jesus' voice there. Don't you understand yet this riddle I am coming? You've been following me this long. It's like Jesus expected Peter to be able to grasp that, litter, that riddle because he's been following that long. I mean, Peter is not coming across as the sharpest tool in the shed here. And so then we look at the next chapter. They have gone up north, north, northeast of, on, in this, above the Sea of Galilee to a town called uh, Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi in the times of Jesus was a time where uh, that place was just filled with uh, different temples to different pagan gods. And they're standing there in the town surrounded by all these pagan idols. And Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? Oh, they say some think you're John the Baptist. Others say, well, no, no, you're Elijah. Some, some say you're even Jeremiah or maybe one of the prophets. But then Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And this is what Jesus says next. He said, happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter. You are the rock. And I'll build my church on this rock. Boy, Peter's shining now. He's grown in his faith. He's doing well. Uh, and then uh, Jesus kind of explains to the disciples the next four verses about he's going to have to suffer. And he's he's going to have to die. And Peter, in his wisdom, pulls Jesus aside so he's not to embarrass him in front of the other disciples. And he scolds Jesus and says, no, that shall not happen. That will not happen. Then here's the next response from Jesus. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble. For you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. So within just a few verses, he's a cornerstone upon which you're going to build a church. And the next verse, he's, he's a rock that could even cause Jesus to stumble. So who is this Peter? Well, if you read the next chapter, uh, he's growing in his faith. And he comes to Jesus and he said, uh, Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? Now, what the religious leaders of the day told people, you're to forgive someone three times. If they sin against you three times, you're supposed to forgive them. But if they sin against you the fourth time, you stop forgiving. So Peter says, how many times should I forgive them, Lord? He said, well, so Peter said, how about seven times? Even more than the normal religious people are doing it. So he's really seeking to grow, but Jesus says, no, Seven times 70, an infinite number number to keep forgiving and forgiving. You see what Jesus is doing? He's challenging Peter to keep growing in his faith. He hasn't arrived. He's a, he keeps putting challenges in front of him for him to take the next step. Then if we jump ahead to the Last Supper, where Jesus has the disciples around, and he kind of shares with them that they're going to deny him and run away and flee. And this is what Peter says. This is how Peter responds to that. If everyone stumbles because of you, I'll never stumble. Peter said, even if I must die alongside you, I won't deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. There's a little arrogance. I'll never stumble. You no, I'll die with you. And Jesus says to them, no, you all run away and flee. You all flee. So then they go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, the next couple of verses. And Jesus is very troubled. And he tells the disciples to pray for him. But then he takes James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon Peter off by themselves. And then he says, I feel like I'm dying. Please pray for me. So then he goes a little farther by himself, a short distance and prays, and then he comes back, and they're sleeping, and he says, Peter, Peter, couldn't you stay awake one hour for me? One hour is all I asked. And then he goes and prays some more, and then come back, and they fall back asleep again, and then he was arrested, and as he was being carried away, Peter, who will never stumble, sees him fall, watch, 
It's from a distance, a safe distance. And we know that he denied him three times. What's going on here? I mean, look at Peter. I mean, as I thought about Peter's life that I just recounted from the Gospel of Matthew, it's the life, I think, of every disciple, including myself. Sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back. You, sometimes, some days I'll, I'll do something, I'll feel really good about it, and this will please the Lord. And the next day, somebody say, that guy doesn't even know who Jesus is. It's a, it's, that's the journey of faith. But William Sloan Coffin has this great quote that I think, when you read about that, it says, this is what he said. There is more grace in God than there is sin in us. There is more grace in God than sin in us. And if you look at Peter's life, God never gives up on him. Jesus never gives up. No matter how many stupid things he does or how many mistakes he makes, Jesus does not give up on Peter because there's more grace in God. But also, I want to applaud Peter because he does not give up. Even though he fails and stumbles, he keeps trying. He keeps trying. And that's the journey of faith. We're always becoming. We will never arrive. We ought to be becoming more compassionate, more kind, more forgiving, more loving, more reflecting the grace of God as we seek to follow Jesus. And one of the reasons I wanted to include that passage from the Gospel of John, because that dialogue between Jesus and Peter at the end speaks a lot to me. You have to realize, though, in the Greek language, there are seven different words for love. In the English language, we have one word for love, and it covers everything. I mean, a love of parents, love of spouse, love of family, love of sky, love of food, love of walking, love of sports, love. One word covers all those. In the Greek language, they have seven different words that describe different aspects of love. In that passage from the Gospel of John, two Greek words are used. Agape love, which is unconditional love, the highest form of love. And philia, a love like a friend. So how that dialogue goes in the Greek, Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, Lord, you know, I feel you. I love you like a friend. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He comes a second time. And he says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter replies, Lord, you know, I feel you. He says, tend my sheep. The third time, Jesus comes to Peter and said, Peter, do you feel me? Love me like a friend? And Peter says, Lord, I've told you that. Yes, I love you like a friend. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You see what Jesus is continually to challenge him to grow in his faith. And even when he could not take that step of unconditional love, even though that's where he is, Jesus still has a task for him to do feed my sheep. And the goal is hopefully to arrive at that unconditional love sometime in his journey of faith. That's why Annie Lamont has this, I like this quote from Annie Lamont. And it goes like this. The Lord promises to meet us where we are, 
but not to leave us where we are. To meet us wherever we are on the journey of faith, but not to leave us where we are. We're on a constant journey of growing in our faith. And even after the resurrection, God does not give up on Peter. I like the story where Paul writes to the Galatian church. In the book of Galatians, he describes a scene where uh, both Peter and Paul are in Antioch. And Peter's there rubbing shoulders with the Gentile Christians, and they're getting along really good and having a great time. But then one of Jesus' brothers, James, who's now head of the church in Jerusalem, sends a delegation from Jerusalem to Antioch. And what does Peter do? He doesn't want to have anything to do with the Gentile Christians anymore. He just wants to hang out with the Jewish Christians. And Paul says, I confronted him to his face. That's not the way of Jesus. It's a constant journey of growing and becoming and being guided by God as we seek to become more Christ-like in our journey of faith. That's what the journey is like. There's, a, there's an old saying that goes like this, you know, that the past is past and the future is unknown. The only thing we know is today the present. And that's completely the opposite of Scripture's understanding. In Scripture, the past is known and clear and the future is clear. It's the present that's unknown. You see, we know the past. In the beginning, God. The moment we were born, God is with us. And God has been with us through every step of the way. The future is known. There's a house not made with human hands, eternal in the heavens. Yes, the past and the future are known. It's the present that's unknown. How will we respond to God's guidance? How will we treat other people? How will we act in our journey of faith? Well, today we're going to make decisions. And much like Peter, sometimes we'll make the wrong decisions and we pray that whole sometimes we make the right decisions. But the goal is to continually be growing in our faith as we journey forward. But have to admit, sometimes it's a little slow progress. Kosaki Koyama, a Japanese theologian and Christian, he has this observation. He said, we worship a three mile an hour God. That's how the normal pace people walk at three miles an hour. And Kosaki Koyama says that uh, when Abraham walked with God together, they walked at three miles an hour. When Jesus walked around the Galilee, he walked at three miles an hour. We're a 70 mile an hour culture. We like things fast, we like them quick, we like them now, but we worship a three mile an hour God. And Kosaki Koyama says, be patient. God is at work. Things are not happening as fast as we want them to happen. Maybe there's things that we want that God to do, but God is at work. And just begin to looking for the hands of God in the midst of how we go. It's a constant journey of becoming, becoming more Christian, more open, more caring, more loving. I like the way Paul rephrases it in the a book of Romans. He has this phrase, don't you realize that God's kindness is supposed to lead you to change your heart and life? Don't you realize that God's kindness 
is supposed to cause us to change our heart and our life. It's a constant, continual process, a journey of always becoming. God never gives up on us. Let us never give up on God. And like Peter, we can journey forward, hopefully becoming more who God wants us to become, caring for who God wants us to care for, reaching out to those who God wants us to reach out for. So let us bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Good God, give us grace to hear your promises. Give us freedom to trust your promises. Give us patience to wait and humility to yield our dream future to your larger purpose. This we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who continues to call us to follow and to grow in our faith and love. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>